I'm in Proverbs chapter 16. The first nine verses says this, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. This is God's word. Friends in Christ, we belong to God. We have a new identity. And in Christ, he gives us wisdom to live lives so that we could make much of Jesus in the way we live. And ultimately, this glorifies God and brings us ultimate joy. And this good news shapes how we live. This defines our purpose and our motivations for life. As we look at Proverbs 16 today, if you've been with us, uh, you know we've, we've gone through the uh, several chapters of Deuteronomy in the fall, and we'll be continuing that in the spring, but uh, we took a break over Advent uh, to spend time in Gospel of Luke, uh, chapters 1 and 2, and, and today it is kind of, uh, we do this just about every year. It's a good time for us to step back where folks often will make resolutions and say, all right, I you know, want to make a resolution for the new year to do this, to exercise more, to eat less, to run faster, to you know, do 60 push-ups on my knuckles, whatever. Um, if, if you haven't done that, just you should. But what we like to do every year is to take a step back and say, what does God have for us in the new year? Like as, not to make resolutions, but rather to evaluate our roles and priorities and then make plans accordingly. Scripture tells us that uh, it's good to make plans. It's implied here. Often we say, well, you know, I just, I'm just going to trust the Lord and kind of go with the flow. And I'd submit to you that that's not necessarily uh, biblical wisdom. In fact, biblical wisdom implies that you are to make plans, that you are to make priorities and then commit them to the Lord. Committing your plans to the Lord uh, so that he will guide you in the purposes he has for your life. So uh, as we look at this today, it's going to be probably one of the more practical uh, things we, we like to do here every year. And I think it's very healthy for us to do this personally, as couples, as families, as missional communities, and as a church as a whole, uh, to step back and evaluate the roles God has placed you in in this season of life. And then make plans that honor him, that bring you joy, and that actually forward the the gospel of Jesus. Okay, that's what, what life is all about, and so it's good to make plans. So we want to make plans that are, that are biblical and that honor the Lord. And so don't make resolutions this year. Just throw them out. Just no New Year's resolutions, okay? But let's make some plans, shall we? We shall. So what I want us to do is we're going to look at a, a couple verses here, and then we're going to have a guest speak to us for a second, and then we're going to get practical some more, and then pray and go home and eat. In that order. So what I want us to see here first is, is roles. All right, roles. In these nine verses, there are eight of them have the word Lord in it. Do you see that? 
The first verse, the plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord. Verse 4, the Lord has made everything for its purpose. Time and time again, we see the Lord is central to this set of verses. Right, And this has huge implications for me and you. We often think that we are the center of our own lives, that we make decisions based on whatever we need and want to do. But when we look at Scripture, we see that the Lord is, is the central theme of the Bible. That God, from Genesis to Revelation, is the hero of the Bible. That he indeed is central to every person's life who is a Christian. And therefore should be central to the plans and priorities we make, right? This doesn't mean that all of us are to get thee to a nunnery or to become monks or to all go to seminary or to be missionaries overseas. For some of us, that may be the case. But for everyone, we are to see what is it that God has you operating in if you belong to him. If you are a child of God, he is central to your life in every aspect, everything that you do. We see in the Gospels that Jesus comes to usher in the kingdom of of God, that he comes to rescue God's people, that throughout uh, the epistles, time and time again, like in Ephesians, that we are described as being adopted sons and daughters of God, that we are forgiven people, that we are beloved in Christ, that we are God's children, that the church is God's, is Christ's uh, bride. And so this new identity shapes how we are to live. And so we have an identity not based on what you do, but rather who you are in Christ. But that identity is lived out in different roles. For some of you, you are husbands. Some of you are fathers. Some of you are grandfathers. Some of you are wives. Some of you are daughters. Some of you are mothers. Some of you are grandmothers. Some of you are students. Some of you have businesses to run. Some of you work in the medical industry or the military field. Some of you are musicians. Some are artists. Some are teachers. Some homeschool. Some work in public schools. Some work in private schools. There is a great array of roles represented in this room. Those roles are not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. In Christ, you are a son of God or a daughter of God. But God has you live out that identity in whatever role he has placed you in for this season. So as we look at the new year, first and foremost, we see that scripture says central to your identity is the Lord, Christ. You are a son or daughter of God because Jesus has rescued you. And you have a different role maybe for this season, for 2015, than maybe you did in 2005. And so we want to look at what role has God placed us, knowing that our identity is not based on our role, but rather our role is uh, fueled by our identity in Christ. So that's the starting point I want us to start. No resolutions this year, but to first sit back and say, what, where is my identity rooted? Is my identity in Christ? And if so, what roles do I have to play in 2015? And let's make plans accordingly. You with me? We good? All right. Out of roles comes goals, right? If you have roles to live in your life, if you have different roles as a mother or a father or a teacher or a business owner or a musician, you, you have those roles that you are living in your life, you make plans and priorities based on the goals you have out of those roles, right? And goals are good to have. 
God, throughout Scripture, you see that God always has a plan and a purpose for His people. It's, it's a great journey from, from the garden, the broken garden in Genesis, this whole biblical journey to this eternal heavenly city. That's the whole theme of Scripture. You see that God is, is taking broken people to restoration. He's taking people that are in exile and oppression and leading them to a land of promise. He's taking people who are a, a ragtag group of dispersed people and He's leading them to be a nation for Himself. That's the whole theme of Scripture. And in the same way, God lays before us as His people goals to strive for, to to move toward. And it's a good thing. In fact, Scripture says here, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, it's good to set goals. It is good to say, I have a goal in the next four years to get this degree. It's good to say, you know what, I'm, I'm starting at this position in my job, but I'm hoping that in the next five years I could work my way up to this different position. I'd like to start here and be trained to do this. I want to start my business small in this area and grow it to this area. Or I'm starting as an assistant in this school, but I hope to be you know, the professor at this whole college one day or what have you. Goals are good. In fact, it's very honoring to the Lord to set big goals so that we can see how he will provide and lead you to fulfilling those goals in so much as those goals can honor the Lord, bring you joy, and forward the gospel. Did you know that God has you go to work not only so that you can make money? It's a good thing. God provides for you and your family by the money you earn at your job. But you know that God also places you in that job so that you can uh, make much of Jesus? Right, that, that, so that you could so reflect the glory of God in your workplace. Did you know that? Doesn't matter what kind of job you have, God has placed you there for that purpose. I met a guy a couple of years ago who works at a uh, uh, a plant in town, and he told me that he, you know, for 20 years, he literally has his same workstation and wears his hard hat and pulls some lever and pushes some buttons like 10 hours a day, and he's been doing that for 20 years. This man loves the Lord. He's raised kids and now has grandkids that, that are following the Lord. And he told me a couple of years ago that he just had the hardest time understanding how that could like fulfill the purposes and plans for the Lord. Uh, but then he told me about this guy that is at the little workstation next to him. That over this 20-year time period of them working diligently side by side, saw the work of the Lord in this guy and was actually able to share his faith over a lunch break, over 20 years of pulling levers and pushing buttons. Friends, there's no small thing to that. Because you're not defined by the job that you do. You're defined by belonging to the Lord, and the Lord has placed you to do a certain role for a certain season, not only to provide income for your family, but also to reflect God's goodness to your coworkers and in the work that you do. You know, it honors the Lord to be excellent at what you do. I mean, it honors the Lord to be an excellent musician or a dancer or an artist or a business owner or a nurse or a doctor or a teacher or a mom or a dad or a landscape architect. Whatever you do, be excellent in those things. Have goals and reflect God's goodness because when you create something, you are reflecting the Creator. When you are nurturing something, you are reflecting the work of the Lord, God, who is a caring, loving Father, right? And it's no small thing. I think we make it too small to think that our job is just a place for us to go make money, right? Or our careers are just a way for us to find our identity and self-esteem. And friends, that's just not the case. That's that's the brokenness of the world telling you what those things are there for. We see in Scripture 
that God has plans and purposes for you. And he works out his plans and purposes for you and his people for his glory, our joy, and that the good news of Jesus would advance. And sometimes that involves pushing a lever or laying sod or cooking a meal or tending to a sick child or whatever. And those are good things. But we have goals in those things to create and cultivate and multiply. In fact, that's at the very beginning of the Bible as God commissions out Adam and Eve to go be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the earth. He's saying, go, create, cultivate, nurture, reflect my image and go find joy in whatever it is that you do. And that mandate continues for you and I, even though we live in a broken world, if you belong to Jesus, if you are redeemed by Christ, you have that new identity to reflect God's goodness in creation, cultivation, and nurturing. You with me? So out of that, what kind of roles has God placed you in? And what goals do you have in those roles uh, that God has placed you in? What goals do you have for the next year, and maybe even long term, to, to go create and cultivate and nurture? Do you have goals? It's good to have goals because in so doing we reflect God and steward the good news of Jesus. Goals are good. Do you have them? You should. Let's make some goals together. Thirdly, okay, so first we start with roles. Right? You have your identity that's reflected in the roles God has you in. Secondly, you have goals. You make plans based on those goals is the third thing. So you have goals and then you make plans. So uh, verse 3 says, commit your work to the Lord, right? You have goals. I, I have the goal to build this house. I'm going to commit my work to the Lord. That's your goal in this example. You're all building a house in my mind right now. Verse 3, commit your work to the Lord. And then what's next? And your plans will be established. So the third thing we see is plans. You make plans, right? Verse 1, the plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is for the Lord. From the Lord. Verse 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You see, the Lord will work things out in the plans that you make, as in so much as you submit your plans to the Lord. If you say, I'm going to make plans to reach goals that honor the Lord, and I'm doing this in the roles that are in my life based on my identity in Christ, man, you can't, you can't fail, really. It may look different. I mean, God's not going to give you maybe a Rolls Royce, maybe, but maybe not. But, but ultimately, you will not fail for the plans and purposes that God has for you if you say, my identity is in Christ. Here's the role I have to play. There's some goals that can honor the Lord, bring me joy, and forward the gospel. I'm going to make plans to reach those goals. That's a great place to be. And friends, I don't want you to hear me. Say, I'm not talking about... Um, I mean, we try to be very practical in this kind of session because there's, it's the footwork of the gospel, right? You know, spirituality is, is, you know, people talk about like upper body, lower body workout. Like, we don't want to come in here and just pump you full of theological head knowledge like upper body and, and not give you the footwork to actually like walk it out. Because then you have like a huge upper body and these little tiny legs. You see those guys? I know you're thinking, you were looking at one right now, Jeremy. No, I'm just kidding. If you ever go to a gym, which you should, you'll see those guys. These guys have like massive hosses on the upper body, and they have like little legs, and you're thinking, how, how is that possible? That doesn't even look like the same guy, right? It's just like, it's like a 10-year-old boy legs on this like 30-year-old beefy Hulk. That doesn't match up, at least the gym I go to, the family Y. 
There's a reason I have notes. <laughs> so make plans to reach the goals God has for you in the roles. Trust the Lord with your plans. I think I grew up, and it's, it's common for, for people sometimes to do this, to say, you know, if I make plans, I'm not trusting the Lord. Sometimes, do you ever feel that way? Have you ever felt like, you know, being diligent in your work some, somehow means you're not trusting God to provide? Like saying, well, I'll trust the Lord will give me a job, so I'm just going to lay on the couch, and I'm not going to put on a tie to go to an interview, and I'm not going to brush up my resume. I'm just going to lay on the couch and just trust the Lord. Friends, that's not faith. That's not active faith. That's laziness. Right? Active faith means to say, I'm, I'm going to make plans to reach goals in these roles. God has placed you in that role. God has given you an idea to reach a goal that can honor him and bring you joy and steward the gospel. And so make plans to reach those goals. But in the plans that you make, be sure to honor the Lord and to trust the Lord. To say, God, I'm going to make this plan, and if you bring it to fruition in the way that I see fit, thank you. If you bring it to fruition in a way that looks a little different, thank you, Lord. If you choose, Lord, to not bring it to fruition at all, thank you, Lord, that you have done something in me and through me maybe that I didn't realize, maybe that I didn't set out for. Right? Some of you are in this room and you think, man, I, like, I, went to, I've, I spent five years at a university getting a music degree. Why? I don't know. Like I look back and think I never, I never technically quote unquote used that degree to make money. But I can tell you, and as I reflect back all those many years ago, God really used those five five years, friends, of college for a bachelor's degree. God used those five years to really shape me as as a man and my character, gave me some friendships that have lasted to this day. And so you never know what God is going to do in you during the season that you were reaching, you were striving for the goals, where you're working out the plans. Because Scripture says the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So friends, identify the roles God has you in. Make some goals and strive for them and lay out some plans to reach those goals. And as you do, actively trust the Lord and and see what God is going to do to shape you as a man or a woman, as a husband or a wife, as a father or a mom or a student or a business owner. He will blow your mind with what he does to bless you because you are his child. In Christ you belong to the Lord and he is seeking your good and your joy in the midst of that. So um, there's no segue for this, but what I wanted to do is to talk, as we talk about roles and goals and plans, I want us to see how this can play out on a global scale. Because you may be here in Augusta, Georgia, born and raised like me, just thriving in this town, but also you are part of a bigger story. Right, a bigger picture. The, the life you live here in Augusta is connected to a, a global um, work of the Lord. And so I wanted to uh, introduce you guys to a friend that I just met this week. But uh, Jacob Whetstone, uh, if you'll come up here and uh, grab this mic, we're going to have an epic rap duo. Just kidding. There you go. <laughs> Is 
some special effect on it. There you go. So uh, this is Jacob Whetstone, and uh, he is friends with the Skellies and other folks in the room. I had the pleasure to meet with him this week, and um, he is a missionary in Spain with uh, through the Envision program of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. And um, so I wanted uh, you guys uh, first just to get to meet him. And uh, Jacob, if you could just tell us a little bit about uh, your ministry uh, in Spain, just what it is you do there and all that. Yeah. Well, I can tell by look on people's faces that people really just want to know how tall is that guy so let's get that out of the way um, I'm 6'9 just in case y'all are wondering um, and there's like five other questions that people always ask but we'll leave those for another time um, as Jeremy said we just met last week um, and we connected right away I think a lot of it has to do kind of with what Jeremy was just saying is that um, our role in the kingdom of God looks like finding how God wants to use us um, wherever we're at um, taking the skills and the gifts that we have and using it for His glory, um, buying into the heart of Christ, um, having the same passions that He had, and um, and living out those. And so for me, um, that's looked like um, getting on the mission field uh, and pursuing others. I grew up overseas, uh, Afghanistan, uh, Uzbekistan, um, and coming out of college, uh, my heart was really just to you know love God and love people and to do that wherever I could. So. Worked for a couple years um, as a wilderness counselor in wilderness programs, doing therapy and mentoring and stuff. Um, and it was really fulfilling, you know. And I say that to say that God, God puts in us a desire for His heart and His kingdom, and it doesn't look like you know going overseas, or it doesn't just look like this. You know, as, as Jeremy was saying, like it's not about what we do; it's about how we how we do what we wherever we are, you know, um, the things that we, the relationships that we have, the things that we pursue with people. And so, for me, it looked like being a wilderness counselor. And then, but as I did that, I saw, you know, there's always counselors coming in. You know, the burnout rate for that job is about a year nationally. And so, there's always counselors there. But I knew, from my experience overseas, that there are not an endless line of people wanting to be overseas, wanting to be sharing the gospel. So, I began to ask God about how I could be a part of that. Uh, I met a team leader um, working in Spain among Muslims and joined him and his team. They've been there for about a year and a half now. Um, and what we do is we build relationships. Um, we have some various things that get us into the lives of people. We teach languages. Uh, I run an outdoor club. Now we're looking to open a cafe. Um, and so all these things just kind of get us into the rhythms of life of the people that we encounter. Um, and as we build those relationships and see their hearts and see how these people are pursuing God, Muslims really are pursuing God. Um, they're really passionate about God. Um, but because they haven't found the way, the truth, and the life, um, they're not going to get there, you know. And so that's what we're there to do. And so we, that's what we do all the time, 24-7. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, when do you return back to Spain? Uh, about the 6th. So, gotcha. Yeah. What, what are some, uh, I guess, uh, short-term goals you have? I mean, you mentioned maybe opening a cafe and all this kind of stuff. What, what are some goals you have for the next year, you know, for your ministry in Spain? Yeah. Well, as I said, we'll be opening the cafe in about this summer. Um, I run an outdoor club, and we'll be looking to get back in the group with that coming come springtime. So we do like backpacking trips and biking trips um, with our Muslim friends. Also, personally, um, when I got there, I learned Spanish, and now I'm hoping to learn Moroccan Arabic, um, just because that's their heart language. Like that's where they live and stuff. And so I'm hoping to do that. And then also, I'll be joining the apprenticeship um, branch of the Christian Missionary Alliance, which is you know, so I'll be seeking ordination and doing all that stuff. But those are some of the more personal goals. Fantastic. Well, what? Um, this is my last question. So, answer anything else that you want. 
outside of this question. Uh, just tack it on there. Uh, what are some ways, um, because we have uh, it's a heartbeat of many folks here to uh, want to get behind you know, missions both locally but also globally, what are some practical ways we could be praying for you or, um, or your team or what are some things that we can even do, I guess, just, just to work into the rhythms of, of our lives here stateside to, to really encourage you and your team over there? Sure, sure. Um, well, I would say as, you know, being Alliance Church, the Alliance has uh, a group of missionaries that work overseas, um, fully supported. And so they have something called the Great um, Commission Fund, and to be part of that is also is always good. Um, it really empowers them, enables them. Um, I'm part of the lives of many of these missionaries, and it makes a difference um, as they live their lives and carry out what they do. Um, for me personally, um, for Envision and Apprenticeship, I raise support. And so if you're going to be praying about that, just that God would continue to provide, and he hasn't until this point, so I'm pretty pretty expectant that he'll continue to do so. Um, I think really for me personally is living out of a kind of a, like a spirit waitingness to see where God, what God's doing in the hearts of those people around us. Um, you know, a lot of like working with Muslims and, and really working with anyone is we try to get all this theology, we try to get all the right answers, we try to get all the silver bullets, you know, that'll knock down any arguments that come up. But really it's Jesus that comes in and changes people's hearts and lives. And, um, and so I you know for me, like, and for really for all my team, as I, you know, as I think about it, is we're constantly praying about and constantly asking God to put us in this place where we're, we're open to the Spirit, open to what He's showing us, um, and that we're, what He's already doing in the lives and hearts of people. Um, and see, Jesus talks about you in know, the Spirit, being convicting the world of unrighteousness and leading them to repentance. And so, like you know, we we see that, and we see you know, the Spirit going before us and preparing the hearts of people. And so, our prayer is that like we see that in the hearts and minds of people as we talk to them and we see what the Spirit's already doing so that we can just step in and be a part of what God God's already been doing in their lives and their families um, so yeah that's probably the main thing um, and last I just want to continue to encourage you guys to really buy into the heart of um, try to see the heart of Jesus where you're at I think sometimes like as I talk to many of my friends and as I've been traveling around you know, talking to people sometimes it can be hard to see what Jesus wants in our place and you know in our rhythms of life and the circles that we're operating. Um, but it's there. And I think, you know, for us, for our team, a big passage has been 2 Corinthians 5, that we're ambassadors of reconciliation. And I think, like, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to reconcile a broken world to himself. And so anytime we can be a part of that, whether we're, you know, whether we're working in business, whether we're teaching, anytime that we can be a part of that, like, we're stepping into it and being a part of what Christ wants to do here on earth. Um, so often the world's saying, where's God? And, you know, we see all the evil happening, and we're like, where did God go? Is he gone? And God's just saying, like, I'm there. I'm with you. You know, Paul said the same spirit that was in Christ Jesus is now in us. So we're Christ of the world. So anytime that we can step in and be a part of that, we're joining in. So I'd encourage you all to keep on with that. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, uh, Jake. And be sure to catch him. He'll be uh, hanging out for a while um, afterwards. So if you want to know more about uh, his ministry or in Spain or or anything that he mentioned, uh, feel free to talk to him. Thank you for sharing that. And um, we're excited. to hear more about that. Glad to have met you. So thank you for the introductions. Um, so um, as we uh, as we reflect on some things, I want to want to kind of put it uh, put it all together here. Um, give you a little bit of a homework assignment, right? Uh, because you can see that, that God has you in a role here now, and He may have you in a different role somewhere else next year. Maybe Spain or Afghanistan or Uganda or wherever. Um, but in the meantime, we see that our roles are defined by Christ. Um, our goals are Christward, 
And if our plans are saturated with grace and wisdom and reliance on Christ, uh, we see that there's great freedom and great joy walking forward. And so um, I have a very practical homework assignment for you. Um, and, and this is something that my wife and I have, have tried to make a habit of doing every year as well. Uh, the first thing is, is to, um, especially if you're married or you have a significant other, some of you guys are engaged to be married next year, <clears throat> to sit down and evaluate your roles. I mean, what, what roles do you have in 2015 uh, to play? And I would say just start maybe with the top five. For example, I, I'm a man, a husband, a father, a pastor, and I'll say neighbor. Those are my, my top five roles. And so uh, in those top five roles, I sit down every year with my wife and say, Let's, what are some goals that I have in these five areas of my life? I have, uh, as a man, I have some um, you know, very, very practical goals, like I, you know, I want to, to run X number of miles a week. I want to eat a certain healthy way. There's certain books I want to read. Uh, you know, some theological, some practical, some fiction. Just, you know, whatever. I have certain goals. Just as, as a man, uh, as a husband. Um, so, so take your top five roles, let's say, and then pick some goals out of that to set for the next year. So, um, uh, so I'm a man. I'm a husband. So I have. Uh, Certain date date night goals I have for our marriage. Uh, Melody and I um, are, go to a marriage retreat uh, every year, and uh, we're looking to to uh, try a different one um, coming up in, in a few weeks. And uh, we we periodically check in with a Christian counselor, even if there's nothing wrong. Uh, I would encourage you guys just to to get some biblical counsel and wisdom speaking into your life. You don't. You don't have to wait for a crisis to call up a counselor or a therapist or anything. You just say, you know, invite godly wisdom into your life from an older man or older woman or an older couple. And and so Melody and I periodically check in with a Christian counselor in town who we know and trust just to sit down and have her ask questions maybe that we're not thinking about asking. You know, we've married, uh, it'll be 10 years in a couple of days, we've been married a decade. And so what are, you know, what are some things we can learn uh, in that area? So, um I'm a father. I'm planning uh, some trips and vacations for my kids. Um, yeah, my daughter's in the back clapping. Yeah, we're planning trips and vacations. Um, also, as a father, I want to invest time in my children. You know, we uh, I coached my son's soccer team last year. This upcoming year, we're looking to do something you know, different to invest in my son, uh, to invest in my daughters, uh, just to try to find, to help them develop their interests as well. Uh, and as a pastor, there's a lot going on here that, that many of you guys know about. We have goals, and, and we're making plans for this church, um, preaching through Deuteronomy uh, in the coming year, um, getting into the building, Lord willing, in the next couple weeks. You know, we're, we're, we're doing these things, um, all that kind of stuff. And then as a neighbor, I talked to one of my neighbors yesterday about uh, having a block party coming up here. We, we live in a really cool neighborhood with a lot of people. It's a very diverse neighborhood in every way. And um, on Sunday mornings when we pull out of the driveway, most of the cars are still in the driveway. We, we, don't, we don't think that a lot of our neighborhood is really reached with the gospel or, or actively involved in a church. And so we're thinking, wow, this is great. So there's a, a neighbor down the street who's a believer that's part of another church. And she said, hey, why don't we do like a, a block party and just try to reach out to our neighbors for the sake of the gospel? It's a brilliant idea. I wish I would have thought about that. Um, so, uh, so do that. Um, that's your homework assignment is to sit back and pick your top five roles and then set goals for those roles and make plans 
for those goals, for those roles. And if you're married, talk with your spouse about that. And um, men, talk to your wives and help her reach her goals for the coming year. Uh, she, she probably has goals too, so it's not all about your goals but, and plans, but help your wife make uh, goals and plans um, for the coming year for her as well. Uh, and in all things, uh, bathe it in prayer and biblical wisdom, and I bet God would do amazing things in your life personally, in your marriage, in your family, uh, through this church, and, and even out to the nations. I really do. Um, so let me pray, and um, we'll move on. Father God, thank you for this morning, the time to uh, meet with your people, to sing songs to you about you, to sing gospel truths over one another. Uh, God, to open your scripture and hear uh, some wisdom from Proverbs. Uh, God, to meet a new friend and hear a little about your work in Spain uh, to a Muslim community there. Um, God, I pray that you uh, would with your spirit of wisdom, uh, guide us in your grace in 2015. God, personally, as as individuals, as couples, as families, as missional communities, and and as a church called Redemption Church, Lord, I pray that you would indeed order our steps. God, as we make plans, that they would be uh, Christward plans fueled by your spirit to the aim of bringing you glory, us joy, and taking the good news of Jesus and reconciliation to the nations. So God, I pray that in all things, those things would happen. I pray that you would do these things in amazing ways, maybe that we don't even see or understand now in the present, but we trust you in that. We thank you in Christ's good and holy name. Amen. Amen.